That's what it sounded like a few summers ago at the annual Brat Music Festival in Hamilton. And yes, that is music from the Star Wars movies, and it was being performed by the National Academy Orchestra, which Boris Brat also founded. But instead of wearing the traditional formal conductor's outfit of tuxedo and tails, the maestro made his grand entrance onto the stage dressed in disguise as Darth Vader with the full mask and the black cape and the whole bit, and he didn't take off the mask until the end to the surprise and sheer delight of his audience, who, by the way, had been invited to come in dressed in Star Wars costumes too. It's a telling episode, and just one more example of how the iconic and energetic Canadian violinist and composer and conductor tried to make people fall in love with music by making it accessible and not just keeping it for the elites. Most people think of, of classical music as a rather austere exercise, and, and conductors as a, a frowning, foreboding kind of force in front of an orchestra, looking rather disapprovingly when someone might play a wrong note or rhythm. And Boris was not that. When you performed with Boris, he was with you every step of the way with encouragement, with love, with care. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Thursday, April the 7th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. As you've heard by now, Boris Brat was killed on Tuesday while he was out walking in Hamilton. The news of Brat's death has left his fans and collaborators and students in shock, and tributes and messages are pouring in from around the world for the internationally acclaimed star who grew up in a Montreal musical dynasty, studied with Leonard Bernstein, founded several orchestras in Canada, and conducted many others, and played for two popes. Coming up, an appreciation from several people who knew Brat well. First, joining me now is Gideon Zellermeyer. He's a classical tenor turned cantor with the Shar Shemayim Synagogue in Montreal. We were just last week emailing about plans for their 23 season and how we could do something at the Shar because, you know, we're all a little bit squeamish of how we're coming out of COVID, how many people feel comfortable gathering, sitting in the same place and so on. And it's very different in the States. Here, we're much more conscious uh, and, and cautious, I mean. And... um we were we were trying to plan. We were trying to plan to make more music together, and I, I'm just absolutely shocked that that somebody who devoted his life to making beauty could meet his end in such a violent, tragic way. It's just just so horrible. You posted this picture of yes. the two of you on your Facebook page yesterday. Can you yes. tell me what you're singing? When this was, tell me a little bit about this photo. That was actually the last time that Boris and I performed together. And it was such a special evening for both of us, but especially for Boris. The 2018-19 year was the centennial year of Leonard Bernstein. And uh, Boris in 19, I believe, 67, 68, 69, was Leonard Bernstein's assistant conductor at the New York Philharmonic. And... As part of this centennial celebration of this great American Jewish musician, uh, we put together a Bernstein Centennial concert with the Orchestre Classique de Montréal, more, uh, formerly the McGill Chamber Orchestra that Boris's parents started. And emceeing the evening was Jamie Bernstein, Leonard's daughter. And um, Boris not only conducted, but also told stories about his experiences with Leonard in New York. And that was a picture of me singing Maria together with Boris conducting. 
And um, he was giddy as a kid that night. I think it brought him back to a, a young time. He and Jamie Bernstein knew each other since they were so young and they hadn't been together in many years and to tribute her father and his mentor. And it was just so special. We had such a rollicking good time that night. And you're talking about Maria from West Side Story, Maria. Yes, Maria. yes. Right. Now we're talking about classical music, right? And so for people who don't know what he who he was, you know, younger people may not have heard of him or people that are not into classical music. Um, but he was well known for um, popularizing classical music in untraditional venues. What can you tell us about that? Well, you know, I think that that tradition sort of goes back to to being the child of Alexander Brott and um, who was not only a founder of an orchestra, but also an orchestra where the, the, the primary members of the orchestra were McGill faculty. So they were focused on educating young musicians. Alexander himself was an accomplished composer. And so they were often playing his compositions and Boris always endeavored to make his father's compositions, which were rather modern uh, and, and a bit avant-garde sometimes, uh, make those compositions part of his concerts, both as tribute, but also to show that music continues to grow and evolve it's not just stuck in the 19th century romantic era and um and and boris loved to take his music out into the community he loved to do it at synagogues he loved to do it at churches he had a wonderful relationship like i did with the late father john walsh he uh performed at the spanish portuguese synagogue um the, the i can't even count the number of times that we did concerts at the shar together he just conveyed this this infectious sense of enthusiasm for for making music to these young people i mean he could have been their father or grandfather but he just got this mischievous grin and this twinkle in his eyes and when when he when you saw that you couldn't help but respond to it rabbi moses said on one of the posts when rabbi moses lionel moses we should say to our listeners who may not yes, know the rabbi emeritus of sharazine sharazine and back and forth to california uh he said in his facebook post on your page that um he he likened it to painting the music he made the world more magnificent by the way he painted the music he conducted what does that look like when he says painted the music to to imagine somebody standing in front of a palette and, and sort of taking the colors from the palette, whether it's the, the brighter hues or the darker hues. And if you translate that to an orchestra, whether it's the strings or the brass, the low strings or the high strings, the woodwinds, the percussion, and, and to, to, to take all of those colors that they have at their disposal and paint this picture. And, you know, one of the, the I'm also drawn to another memory of that concert, that Bernstein concert that we did. We did a very, a lesser known Bernstein piece um, in the last 90 seconds of the piece, a vocal soloist appears and sings the words of the priestly benediction in Hebrew. May God shine his countenance to you and be gracious to you. May God grant you peace. And, we, and Boris and his orchestra played this piece at the Shar and I stood at the back corner of the pulpit to sing this role. It was a moment of, of connection. You know, B Boris, I mean, Boris would be the last person to tell you he was a religious Jew, but Boris was such a spiritual person and such a, a cultural Jew and such a proud Jew. And um, 
at this moment we were praying together and it was just really special it was a very proud moment for to, for us to share together and so uh, he painted he, he painted that night that it, it's a very it's a very surreal kind of a soundscape in that piece and i wish i could find it and play it for you but um boris was very special i, I what can i tell you he's just very special Boris Brod's parents founded the Orchestre Classique de Montréal in 1939. It was an offshoot of the city's symphony orchestra, and it used to be called the McGill Chamber Orchestra. Boris took over 15 years ago as director and conductor and was very active, including helming this current season's series, which included a tribute to his late mother, Lotte. Deborah Korber is chair of the orchestra board and a classical pianist herself. What is the orchestra doing done in the last 24 hours uh you know what what steps are you guys taking at the moment until things become more clear well we have three more concerts uh scheduled for this season uh one in a couple of weeks and then uh two in may um and so it will be all hands on deck to make sure that we get the conducting aspect of those concerts taken care of and we're confident that we'll be able to do that it's not going to be the same it won't be the same and Boris Brat was the heart and soul, the beating heart of this orchestra. And um, we, uh, I think we're going to continue to grieve him for a long time. But we, we'll, get, we'll get that underway. And we've got a lot, of, um, a lot of thinking and planning to do this summer and strategic planning and, and look to the future, um, I guess, to, to find a new artistic director. It's, um, it's not going to be easy because um, his boots are very hard to fill. You know, for people who don't know classical music or the music field in, in Canada, how what are the difference between the Montreal Symphony Orchestra and this historic orchestra that uh, came from the Brat family itself? The Orchestre Classique de Montréal is a chamber orchestra. It was actually founded by um, Alexander and uh, Lottie Brat, and it was founded by them. Lottie was a cellist with the OSM, the MSO, as we used to call it. Uh, and Alexander was a conductor, and they formed it of musicians, their peers who were playing in the Montreal Symphony Orchestra at the time. It has evolved over the years, but it remains a chamber ensemble. So what does that mean? It means that it is an ensemble of 15 string players who are the core of the orchestra. But the orchestra expands and contracts, mostly expands when it needs to, to play different kinds of repertoire. So what Boris was able to do is to build this and evolve this chamber orchestra into uh, a nimble um, orchestral machine that could take on all kinds of works right across the spectrum from, you know, Baroque works from the 17th century all the way to the most contemporary things that you might hear today. And we bring in additional musicians. We bring in freelancers as and when required by the music. So that's what we are. Small and nimble, small and mighty. Did Do you have anything that he gave you or uh, gifted to you or said to you that you treasure that's still in your home or your office? He gave me uh, the encouragement to continue to play my instrument, which I don't do often anymore. Um, not to be so hard on myself about it and to recognize that um, I can and I should play uh, whenever I'm able to for the love of it, for the pure love of it without being uh, my own harshest critic. Um, he was, um, 
He was one of the most generous human beings I ever met. And I must say, Ellen, that that's very unusual for a conductor. It takes a healthy ego to get up in front of a group of musicians and, and, and conduct them. He was generous to a fault, and he shared his love of music and his love of humanity with everybody he touched. Aside from his career in music as a performer, Brat was passionate about music education and training new generations of performers, and that's how violinist Jana Saylor met Boris Brat when she auditioned to join his National Academy Orchestra training program in Hamilton 10 years ago. She, too, was a child prodigy on the violin. And after two years of playing in the orchestra, Brat picked her to be his apprentice conductor, a role she credits with launching her own career, which she now leads an all-female orchestra in Vancouver, and she's performed with Barbara Streisand, Mariah Carey, and Michael Bublé, to name just a few. Janice Saylor joins me now from Calgary. Sometimes I think it was a little bit, because because music came so naturally to him, I thought, I was thinking today that I think maybe he had a hard time understanding, you know, mere mortals. So those of us that, you know, actually struggled with with um, mastering the art forms, um, you know, he, he played several instruments. He played, he, uh, and, you know, at a virtuoso level, um, you know, violin and French horn, and then, of course, conducting and um, so, uh, and I'm sure there's many other things I don't know about <laughs> as well, just scratching the surface. But uh, I think that was, a, a, you know, a big part of of his um, uh, his his early her his early life was so impactful in the, you know the person that he became and the the things that he created and his his experiences as a young musician really propelled him into. Um, you know, creating this space for young musicians to grow and and flourish. But yet you were able to connect and be, I guess that we call it his apprentice. Is that the right way you discuss it? I don't know, in, in the music world. How how did that c- connection happen? I, I, I had auditioned several times unsuccessfully. I, I hadn't made it in. Um, finally, I kind of... Um, I slipped in in, in in 2012. I think I got in by like the skin of my teeth. And instantly it was... Uh, an experience of of being seen. Boris had this amazing ability to see people where they were at, but also to see their potential. It was like he was prophetic that way. He would notice people. He, he might not always remember your name, but he would always know how you played. <laughs> That's just how his mind worked. And he he could see um, he could see your weaknesses, but he also saw your strengths and would focus on those things. And uh, that really, the, the experience of being a part of the National Academy was so transformative um, in, in my career. I, I, I don't think I can even adequately express it. Something that just stands out so clearly to me is that he was so incredibly devoted to music and the creation of music and to his community and bringing those two things together. And that was the National Academy. I think everyone that went through that program uh, Boris has left an indelible mark on their lives. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. You can read more about Boris Brat on our website. And the link is in our show notes. 
We'll end the episode with this clip from 2015. It's Boris Brat and his National Academy Orchestra playing together with the Arkells at a Hamilton club before they were really famous. Brat helped launch the band, who are now really famous, and they're performing the song Never Thought This Would Happen. 